Welcome to the Elevate Your Event podcast, where we talk about how to plan and execute an unforgettable event that will dazzle your guests and generate more income for your organization. From fundraising and securing trendy auction items to event production and logistics, get the best tips and advice from seasoned fundraising and event professionals who have been in your shoes. Welcome back to the Elevate Your Event podcast, where we talk about all the different ways that you can make your next fundraising event better. And in the studio today, we have the master of this podcast. Kristen Wheeler, yes. marketing guru. She is. And I tell you what, <laughs> she produces this podcast for us, and she does an amazing job. So we're uh, thankful to have her thanks. in the podcast today versus giving us hand signals from over on the side telling us Usually to move fast. Usually in the corner of the room going, wrap it up, it's time. No, she gave me a little timer, you guys. I have a little timer. It's pretty sweet. But we have a very special guest today. We've got Danny Peavy. Danny, introduce yourself. Yeah. Hey, everybody. My name is Danny Peavy. I, I am a messaging guy, so I help nonprofits. I help really companies of all, of all sizes and shapes tell tell better stories so they can sell more products and services and, you know, in the sake of a nonprofit, raise more money. Yeah. And Danny, Danny's been really instrumental in helping Hinvid with our messaging. And we've had a lot of conversation. And just to kind of give you a little bit of background, I met Danny in a, I don't even call it, it was like, it wasn't a webinar. It was like an online class because during the pandemic, I think this class was normally done in person. And this was Donald Miller's story brand workshop. And so we attended and I think there were or three of us in our group that attended, but I think there's like 700 people that attended this thing online. But you got a little breakout group. And so Danny was our breakout moderator or leader. And so it was kind of fun. So what we did in this is Building a Story Brand, it's a, it's a great book. I, compl- I, I would tell everybody, if you're looking at how to improve your messaging, you should definitely read it. We're going to talk a little bit about that today as it relates to your event. But we did we had read it, okay, and still – we looked at it and said, we still probably need a little bit of help. It might make sense for us to attend this workshop and see exactly how can you implement the story brand framework at Handbib. So we went through the exercise and it was great. I mean, it really was. And then one of the very special things that happened to us at the, at the webinar was Donald Miller picked five websites to critique at the end. And so the last one he picks, okay, is the Handbib website in front of seven or 800 people and he gives it a great review. Okay, so we're feeling really good about ourselves. We're like, yes, you know, he loves our website. Our website's awesome. So we get back into our small group, okay? And there we have to schedule kind of a follow-up meeting with Danny to kind of talk about, did you guys finish all the things you needed in the workshop? So about a week later, we get on the phone with Danny. We're on a Zoom call. And he proceeds to tell us about how not great our website is. <laughs> and I was like, wait a second, time out. Donald Miller liked it. And here's Danny going through saying, well, this, I, I changed this and I don't think this is right. And so we, we kind of sat there for a second, you know, humbled in a certain sense, but, but also kind of looking at each other going, you know what? I, I actually think he's right. <laughs> you know, I think, I think that we could make this better. And I think these things that he's bringing up do make sense. So we still have the video of Donald Miller reviewing the website and we will forever treasure that. It was definitely fortunate for us to get involved with Danny and then, 
we did bring him on as a consultant and we went through the experience. And the reason I bring all this up is because what the story brand framework does is it starts to help you kind of organize your messaging as an organization in the form of a story. So I don't want to be the one explaining this. That's why we brought Danny on. But um, I want to kind of turn it over to you, Danny, and you can kind of give an overview of the framework. And then let's talk about how this can be used at your event. Yeah. So the framework I, I, I've learned over the years, it's just, it's like a quick and dirty shortcut for people to learn things. Right. And, and so story brand was really great because, you know, it is a way for nonprofits to, yeah, tell a, tell a story that will help you hopefully raise more money and, and engage more folks. And so, yeah, what Donald, what Donald did is, as just a guy that, you know, he's written, written movie scripts and things like that. What he, what he found is that he distilled all great stories into a business framework and he and you know you can go down the rabbit hole of storytelling like i have you know i have like a book this thick on like different plot points in a movie and i that's kind of what what my original interest in was in all of this as from a foundational perspective but it's helpful to have a storytelling framework because he distilled down you know a lot of great stories that you'll see in a movie you know he donald always says like hey the Star Wars, you know, who, who created Star Wars? Was it George a, Lucas? George Lucas. Thank you. Yeah. Like George Lucas has made billions of dollars. And, uh, you know, this is, this is how he did it. And he, and he showed the framework how there's, you know, a hero that wants something and they run into a problem and then they meet somebody in the movie that has empathy and authority that gives them a plan that calls them to action. And then there's something at stake. And then there's, you know, at the end of the day, obviously they're going to win the day and everybody's going to be happy. But yeah, it, it was really impactful for clients, and uh, you know, I'm 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 excited to talk about it in the case of the nonprofit. Because one thing, Jeff, about that time a couple of years ago that was interesting is that we we later found that for-profit companies, the way they tell stories is a little different from the nonprofit, and we can get dive into the differences. But the way nonprofits tell stories is is it's not more complicated but it's not as streamlined sometimes as a for-profit company. Right. No, I think that's an important point to make. And, and what you describe is something that we went through and, and, and we even took this into one of my own nonprofits, which is, you know, you have that, like, <clears throat> I forget what they call it, but that, that kind of aspirational goal, you want to say, like, it shouldn't be this way right? Like life shouldn't work this way, or this isn't fair. Or, you know, in the case of my daughter, kids shouldn't, you know, we just want to level the playing field. Kids that have a genetic disorder called Prader-Willi syndrome should get all of the equal opportunities that everybody else gets, right? I mean, so that was the thing that kind of drove us. And then we started to talk about, in this case here, you know, who is that hero? Who is that guide? Who is that villain that's creating the conflict? And then, and then what's at stake if, if you don't help, right? I mean, that's, those are yeah. some of the things you helped us with. And I think it might be, you know, kind of good to walk the audience through kind of what those basics are. Sure. Yeah. So for the audience listening that you're, you work at a nonprofit and you're in, maybe you're in donor development, maybe you're in marketing, you know, there's really two stories that you can tell as an organization. So the first story is, is really the mission story. And the second story is the donor story. And so I can kind of break down a little bit of, of each of those. And then even talk about, you know, as I'm doing that, we could probably even think of some actual charities that are good examples of each story. Mm -hmm. 
Before I do that, though, just really high level, and I think we just talked about this. Usually, so so let me think of everybody's seen the movie Rocky, right? Yeah. Or if well, you're my age, forty two. Yeah. You know. Well, the new one's called Creed. Yeah. Right. So yeah. if you're if you're younger than what do you what do you what do you guys think? If you're younger than thirty thirty five, go watch Creed. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we're on a like creed three now or something we're on creed three which by the way was yeah. amazing so let me just take rocky so there's seven elements really eight elements to a story so let me walk through each element and then use a real movie as an example so it kind of hits home and then i'll go over the two other the two nonprofit stories of how you can take this and apply it to a nonprofit. so rocky you know there's always a character in a movie and the, a character wants one thing the problem is that he doesn't know how to fight so he's solving one problem. He's not solving 12. So maybe that, a takeaway for your nonprofit is you're solving. There's, there's probably like 12 or like 1200 different elements to the problem you're solving. But really at the end of the day, we need to distill it down to the one problem we're trying to solve. Mm-hmm. Right? So then the second part of the story is that there's a problem. So Rocky, the problem that he had is that he didn't know how to fight. And that's why he felt depressed and they showed him as a bomb, right? So that's that's the problem Rocky had. Now philosophically, there's 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 always a philosophical problem that your your company represents. Not to get too in the weeds here, but philosophically, what Rocky was trying to say as a movie without saying it is that there's a champion inside each and every one of us, right? Mm-hmm. The th- the third thing that Rocky or a great story needs is that you need a guide. So guides have two th- very simple things. One is empathy, and one is authority. All guides do is say, you can do it. We believe in you. And the fourth step that you need is a plan, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, in Rocky, the plan was, you know, step one, go train. Step two, go fight. Step three, become a great boxer, right? right. So your plan as a business doesn't need to be your operational plan that's 85 steps. It just needs to be a simple 90,000 foot view plan of how your customer can achieve success. And then the fifth element is that you need a strong call to action. And, you know, I always tell the story of like, when I was ready to, when I knew I wanted to marry my wife, I didn't get down on one knee and say, do you want to learn more? Or do you want to contact us? She would have dumped me. You could have said for a day, would you like to book a demo? You could take Danny out. (laughs) Here's a link to my calendar. Here's a link to my calendar. Spend the rest uh, of your life with me. Here's a link to my lifetime calendar. But, but on our nonprofit websites, right, like a lot of us will probably laugh at this, but some of us might have contact, contact us really small without a big button because we're just, we don't want to, we don't have, we don't have a big button that says donate or volunteer, right? So, but in Rocky, the call to action was go, like you yeah. can do it, Rock, right? Like, you know, cue the music of him da, running da, up the da, stairs. Da, 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 da. The sixth element is success. So what does success look like? So for Rocky, it was like, become champion of the world. You are now a great fighter. There's a champion inside of you and it came out. And then what was at risk is that he would lose the fight. Maybe he wouldn't, he wouldn't win. Right. And so those are the actual elements, but there was something even bigger happening when you watch a movie or listen to a story or listen to a piece of music or hear a great, you know, pitch from an organization, there's a transformation. So at the beginning of the story, Rocky was a depressed bum who couldn't fight. But at the end, the goal that was inside of him came out and we all saw it on display. And what did that say to us as watchers is that there's something inside of us that's gold that also needs to be come out, come out and be put on display. 
And yeah, I think it's what we want, right? It's yeah. what we want. No, Rocky doesn't become a popular movie if he loses in the end. Did I spoil that? Again? <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> I mean, he's there's people want to see that transformation happen, right? If Luke doesn't blow up the Death Star, right. there's not nine more, or I don't know how there are eight more Star Wars movies or whatever, right? I mean, he's got to blow up the Death Star. He does, but sometimes I I use Rocky one as an example, and I've I've loved it when somebody have said. Danny, you know he actually he does lose to Creed at the end. Yes, and he, he actually does. <laughs> so he really does win. But we're going to call this episode of. movie spoilers. Movie yes. spoilers. That's right. <laughs> yes. So I think so. That's just the general example of like a great movie. Just kind of like the framework from a simplistic perspective. Hey, so just want to let you know this event is brought to you by Handbit. Handbit is mobile bidding and auction technology software built by fundraisers for fundraisers. So we're able to help you guys with everything from ticketing and registration to mobile bidding to live auction recording, appeals, you name it. And the nice thing is, is in addition to the software that we're able to provide, we have a ton of services we can offer you. If you need help getting everything set up, if you need coaching, if you need just counseling and advice on how to get through your event, if you need someone to show up and make sure that it runs smoothly, these are all the types of services that we offer. So if you want more information about what we do, please click on the link below or reach out to us at handbid.com and we'd be happy to talk to you. For the sake of the nonprofit listening, again, let me go back to mission story, donor story, because it, it is slightly different. So if you're telling a mission story, the question isn't what does the, you know, that one person want? The question is, what do the people we help want? Then from, from a problem perspective, the question is what is standing in the way of that pain being relieved? You can, if you're listening, you run a nonprofit, you should write these questions down because you can clarify your message on your own. If you're driving, you can just driving, go, and go back later and record this. That's correct. <laughs> we'll drop them in the yeah, do not, do that. Yeah. yeah, do not text and drive. Thank you, Oprah. And then as far as painting your organization as the guide with empathy and authority, you know, usually this one's pretty easy for you guys. This is what most nonprofits lead with. But why are we qualified to help? You know, mm -hmm. how do we empathize with this? Like Jeff, and you gave the case with your daughter, right? Like very usually easy to tell the story of why you did this. And then the fourth thing, and I think this is very important for nonprofits, but what's the plan to solve the problem, right? I think this is one where kind of nonprofits get a little off track. Like what's the actual plan? Because the problems that nonprofits are solving are very complicated and very mm -hmm. complex. And my encouragement to nonprofits is try not to paint the picture of like, you're the only organization save in the world. I think, Nonprofits can be very transparent and vulnerable. And like, this is the piece of the problem we're trying to solve, but show that plan and then pivot to the donor on, on that mission story. And, and, and your call to action is very simple. It's donate, it's volunteer, but have a big fat button on your, on your nonprofit website that says donate, that says volunteer, and then mm -hmm. show how the people you help are going to have better lives because of the donor's help. And then in the most classy way possible, not what tragedies will continue to occur if people don't help, but show what's at stake. So if you answer all those questions, that will give you your mission story. Let me pause there before I go into the donor story and see if you guys have any 
thing to add to the mission story. Or Baby Jeff, what resonates with you on that one? That totally resonates. And, you know, it's interesting how you described it because when – so I joined the Foundation for Prada Early Research in 2005 – and when I joined, there were it was a brandly new formerly you know formed organization, and so I don't remember how many people had on board. Probably seven or eight of us that got together, and we were raising fifty thousand dollars a year. Okay, but we, without even knowing it, and without even just you know I would say even articulating it in the way that you just did, which I think is a brilliant way to do it, we did follow a little bit of the same path. And I think what I would add to this that I think is important is that. When we went in to look at what our, you know, kind of philosophical reason was, you know, look, it's Prader-Willi syndrome. It's an extremely rare disorder, okay? There's a lot of problems. I mean, there's a thousand problems that we can go solve, and there were organizations that existed that were trying to solve everything. And we had one very specific thing we went after, and that was we need more research on this disorder, Okay, it's not we need this project funded or we're going to cure this disorder or we're going to, you know, address this one particular challenge these kids have. All of those things were going to be, you know, kind of what we consider to be the long term outcome of what we 100 percent focused on. And that was there's not enough people paying attention to this. There's not enough researchers paying attention to this. And so what does success look like? Well, that was 2005. And I think we funded three projects. Okay. And so I went back in 2012, and I, 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 again, I've been to all the conferences, but this particular one, I think, just blew me away when I walked in there to our annual conference, and the room was full, and we must have had 20 or 30 or 40 presentations on projects running. And now today, it's probably double that. Okay. What I was thinking, yeah. like the American Cancer Society, about 10 years ago, their big campaign was, I think it was like creating more birthdays. And I thought that was great because there's so much that you can talk about when it comes to cancer. And there were so many different bullet points they could put in their commercials. But all they did was show kids at birthday parties and show adults at birthday parties and say, we want them to have more birthdays. Right. I think it's I mean, that's right on, and I think it's it's got to be that simple, okay? Because when we're out there, and I know you're going to talk about the donor story next, but when we got up on stage, it wasn't Prada really kids have insatiable appetites, and so we need to find a drug that is going to address okay. that, or Prada really kids have massively high anxiety, and so we need to find some mental health treatments that are going to address that. All of those things are true, and there's a hundred more of them, okay? But we would go in front of donors and say, none of those things can be solved until we get more people paying attention to this problem. And we just boiled it down to that. And so when you look at your charity and what you guys are doing, you know, a lot of times we get so focused on kind of the tactical things we put into our plan that you kind of have to back away and say, no, let's let's think about this more philosophically. Like, what what's at stake if we don't do this? Well... I'll tell you what's at stake. My daughter was born in 2002. So 2003, we went to our first conference and watched three presentations from three researchers. 2004, we went back to the same conference in a different city and watched the same three presentations from the same three researchers. Okay? I won't have to explain to you what happened in 2005. All right? Same thing. And then it's like, okay, this isn't going anywhere, and that's why we formed the organization we did. Mm -hmm. so, so that is, I think... 
that's what's at stake. And so and I think when you look at your particular charity, American Cancer Society, whatever it is, there's a thousand research projects they can go fund. But what can you boil it down to that you think people can resonate with? And for us, that's what it was. So anyway, Danny, I don't know. I, I kind of sidetracked there, but dive into the donor part, you know. And- yeah, but well, I don't, you didn't sidetrack at all. I think that's, I think both your examples are great examples of mission stories. And Jeff, what I love about the one you created is that you got really transparent on the plan to your point about here's all the research. Like you respected the donors, the audience by being very specific on where, where things are. And, you know, again, contrast that with sometimes it does feel pie in the sky for people. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a great job of, of a mission story. I think another one, the Kristen, the one you said is really good. Another one that people might know that is a lot larger is like Charity Water. Mm-hmm. Great example of a mission story. What do the people we help want? They want clean water. The problem is that they, they don't have access to it, right? So, so yeah, that's mission. So, yeah, let's switch to donor. So donor story, a donor story is, you know, what it sounds like it is. So you start off and you say, what do our donors want? Right. And, and so, you know, from like step one of like the character, what the character want, instead of saying what help do the people we want and and the mission, we say, what do our, what do our donors want? We're essentially making the donor, the hero here. And then the question is, all right, for the problem, like what's standing in the way of the donor making the world a better place? Right. That's the problem we want to provoke. The third step of like establishing a guide or somebody with empathy and authority is, is to say, you know, it's a little similar, but how, how can we empathize with the donor and why can the donor trust us to help them? Right. And, and what they're trying to accomplish. And then very similar step four, like what's our plan to help solve that problem in the world. So it's, so it's a little different, but but what's, what's the plan to help that donor solve the problem that they care about in the world? The call to action is again, have we asked them to do, to donate? Have we, have we asked them to volunteer? The thing with the donor story is that usually there's something, there's something called a transactional call to action or transitional call to action. Essentially what that is, is sort of like asking somebody to take a small step if they're not ready to commit to, to donating or volunteering. Sometimes it could be like a freebie. You know, commercial clients would call it a lead magnet. Like here's a downloadable something to help you accomplish what you're looking for. And call that a silent auction Yeah, at an event. Yeah. That's a great, you know, that's a great example. And then for the donor, instead of like with the mission where we're saying, how will the people we help have better lives? The donor success, you know, so step six in the story of success is have we described what the donor's world will feel like if they contribute a volunteer. And then the stakes are, are very, very similar as far as like the part of the story where you show them what's at stake. So a great example of a donor story, and I, it's actually a very small organization. This will actually show you the power of a donor story. It's actually something that personally happened to me. So, so I'm 42. So a couple of years ago, I did start experiencing, you know, what we all call the midlife crisis. And I, I was feeling like, I don't know if I'm making an impact in the world, right? I, if, I think we've all felt that way at some point. So I actually saw this organization here in Atlanta and they rescue abandoned babies. So they, you know, there's sometimes infants like just 
just horrible things, right? That, that would happen. And I saw this story and that was like the donor story. That was me saying, I want to rescue babies. Like who doesn't want to rescue a baby? Right. And this particular organization, they're actually do a shout out. They're called the hope box. I mean, they can wear a t-shirt in like a grocery store and you want to see donor story in action. Everybody's like, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God. Right. Because the donor is making the world a better place. So it's, it's a slight difference than mission story, but that's just kind of an example of, of what a donor story looks like and, and the questions you need to answer. And I, I think it makes sense. And I think what, what you're doing in that case is it might be a more tactical connection, right? And for us, it was at FPWR because, you know, our goal was to advance research and it was to get more people studying the syndrome, right? A donor comes in the door. They're probably connected to somebody they know a loved one or a family friend who has this disorder and they get tactical. This kid has this problem. Is there a project I can fund? Okay. So we would take it down a level and say, here are the projects we're running that you can go fund that address these problems. Again, bigger picture for us is we want more, we want more money because we want more researches into the problem, right? You know, the more brains that's, you know, connected to it, the better. Hey, Mr. Donor, we know that you're interested in this particular one. Right. And I see that I see that work in a lot of different ways. I think specifically at events, you know, when you start talking about big picture, you still can drill down at an event into these are the specific programs we're operating. You absolutely can. Yeah, where you can plug in. Yeah, when when I worked for the Muscular Dystrophy Association, we would do that. We would have pre-made plaques, and when people were raising money in real time, we would stop the stop the program or ring a bell or call everyone's attention Mm -hmm. and get on the mic and say so and so just raised enough money to send a kid to camp and we would give them a plaque of it it had a picture of a kid that that got to go to that summer camp and what they love about going to camp and so that tangible connection that people had was it it not only was great donor stewardship but then it inspired more people oh i want to send a kid to camp or i want to i want to fund a wheelchair for an adult with als or something like that that they can make that kind of connection exactly you know and so i think it's you know looking at it from both sides to your point earlier you're right because when we went through story brand as a business it doesn't get this complicated necessarily right but but it does here but i still think it works you know with with the charity model and to say as an organization you've got some sort of philosophical goal you're trying to reach you know you're you're trying to change the world in some way there's a transformation that happens as you go through this but there's also a lot at stake if if you don't get the support you need and i think it's fair to say that what happens if you know at fpwr if we didn't get the funds in order to invite more people or more researchers into the project we don't do more research. We don't have more brains, you know, connected to it. We're not, you know, we're not solving the problem down the road, right? What happens at American Cancer Society if, you know, you don't fund them, right? More people are going to die of cancer. I mean, it's it's one of those things. I think it's fair to say that. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, but let's 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 kind of get tactical with the event here for a second because, so Danny and. We've talked about this, and we just did an, a, a, a recent podcast on what we call the run a show, right? So, you know, what does that look like? You're, events are one of those things. 
that it is, as, as one of our previous guests said, it, it's the opportunity to connect and begin a relationship with a donor. Okay. So you have now the opportunity. They're in the room. I always laugh. I'm like, this is like the best marketing tool ever. Right. I mean, as marketer, you guys are marketers. I'm, I'm not, but, but you, you would imagine as marketers, here's an opportunity for you to have a captive audience to listen to your story and they actually paid you to do it. So, you know, we, that's something you got to take advantage of. So you've got people in the room, Danny, and again, we, maybe we need to talk back up and talk about leading up to the event. But what is your advice and in, in kind of how can a charity take this type of framework or construct and use it to really hit home with those people at the event? Yeah, I think the first thing is to prepare, right? So even taking the questions on this episode – and sitting down as a leadership team and saying, we can tell a mission story, we can tell a donor story. We, you can tell both stories, like Kristen was saying, right? Like you can have, you, your organization probably has both a mission story and a donor story in, in its arsenal, right? So I think the first thing is getting clear and confident as a leadership team. That's, you know, I've been doing a lot of messaging consulting and donor development consulting and sales consulting and, and it, you know, everything always comes back to story and starts with story. but one of the most powerful parts of this is not so much what are our words or what is the final story. That's very important. But a lot of the change when you go through an exercise like this is the one that's internal to the leadership team is to see you and your employees and your volunteers walking out with confidence around what the story is. So that's really the first step is take a moment, like not a week before your event, not three months before your event, like get clear on what your story is. But tact, you know, from a tactical perspective, obviously you're gonna have folks on stage. You're gonna, you, you know, you're gonna have folks like walking in different parts of, of your venue. So then it's a matter of how can we tell different versions of our story depending on the layout of the venue, what's happening, right? Like, so sometimes you're gonna need to tell your story in five seconds. You know, maybe it's like a, a poster board. Sometimes, you know, you're gonna have a great MC. Obviously you're gonna have different moments on stage to tell your story, right? And maybe one version is a 30 second story. Maybe one version is a three minute story. And the interaction with, with, with your guests, you know, you want your team to be prepared on what the stories are. Every conversation, you know, that you have, in my opinion, even in life is a bit of, of a story one. There is a problem, you know, our brains are scanning the environment, looking for, for, for ways to thrive in our life. And so every piece of language or every word that comes out of your mouth is your brain's way of saying, is this going to help me overcome my issue and give me what I want, which goes back to, are we going back and talking about the mission story and the help that the people want, or are we talking about what our donors want? And, and knowing mm -hmm. that every interaction that we have, they're all asking, why am I here? They're looking at you on stage. Like we, that's why this story framework is so important because if we provoke that problem, you know, if we know, if we provoke the problem, say what's standing in the way of the, of this pain being relieved, what's standing in the way of the donor making the world a better place, the faster that we can get to that, the, the more impactful the, the story is going to be. Mm -hmm. I think, I think most nonprofits do a great job with videos, you know, cust I, I think customer testimonials are one of the best things that you can do as a nonprofit. It doesn't, and again, I, I like Jeff's example of like, what's the real problem, the real ask? 
I, I think a lot of people that want to donate to nonprofits, they want to know the story behind the story. So I do encourage nonprofits to dig a little deeper into the story and to be just forthcoming as possible about where they sit on the issues as far as like, this is the part of the problem that we really want to solve. Well, I think you can connect that back. I mean, we, yeah, it's kind of a post-event thing, but I went a year ago with my daughters to Rwanda through Arise Rwanda Ministries. And again, philosophical problem, there's a particular region of Rwanda we're trying to improve their quality of life. That comes across in a variety of ways. They've started schools there. They're putting in clean water. You know, they've got, you know, some co-ops running with, you know, some of the women in town. I, I, I can go on and on and everything that they're doing. And then the donors get to connect. What's important to them? Is clean water important to you? Great. You're going you're gonna to build these water filters. So that's what we did. So we had this kind of bucket system in these water filters, and we got to deliver them. We got to go into a village with, you know, 30 of these and just watch lives change, and we Instagrammed it, Okay. Probably not as good as you would have done, but it was a good attempt. I, the, all my high school daughter sure showed great. me how to do it. So anyway, but but we got to go back and show people, like, this is what you're supporting. This mm-hmm. right here, right? That's how real you can make some of these stories. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have to fly two families over from Rwanda and put them on stage at your gala to say, here are two families that got transformed. They don't look transformed. They're in the United States, Right. It looks transformative when you or transformative when you go there and you're in their living room and they're crying and they're telling you their story and then they're so grateful for what you've brought into their home that's going to increase or improve their quality of life. So I think that that to me is is something that as you're thinking about how do I tell these stories at my gala, I think or golf tournament or whatever it is you're running. I'm not assuming you're running a gala, but <clears throat> think about okay, this is what we do. And our job is to improve quality of life, whatever it is for this particular region. Here's five two-minute videos showing how that happened. Mm-hmm. Right? Not, you don't even have to professionally produce them. And if you, if you do buy a professionally produced video, I think those are great too. But, you know, I'm just saying it can be that, that simple. It can be as simple in in the classroom, having the teacher do a, a video with their iPhone saying, this is how it's going to help us. Yeah do better in our classroom, how, how it's going to help me teach better, how it's going to help the kids learn better. It, it's not just about providing the equipment. It's, like you said, the impact that it's going to make in their day-to-day life, and that can be done very easily by just somebody just telling their their perspective of yeah. how it's going to make a change for them. And so, yeah. and so you know, the framework we've talked about, right, and, and I think – I would highly recommend anybody listening to this read Donald Miller's book, mm-hmm. Building a Story Brand. It's an easy read. And then from that, you can start to sit down and, and maybe you do a workshop. Maybe you don't do a formal workshop, but you go through the, the construct. And when we did it, right, I think you're going to find how powerful, how excited you're going to be to go into your event with some of these, some of this messaging, right? That, hey, to your point with Charity Water, right, there's you know, X number of million people in the world that don't have clean water. And I've been to events where that have not charity waters events, but I've been to events where they put out dirty water on some of the tables, you know? And they're like, this is, mm-hmm. you know, the guests obviously aren't going to drink it, but they're like, you want to get the clean water, you got to go over there, right? I mean, just to remind people that there are people in this world yeah. drinking that stuff. 
right? Or just yeah. showing them a well, you know? So anyway, that can be everything from, you know, some of the things we did with you, like, you know, when given a one-liner or something, describe kind of what what are some short paragraphs or statements that you feel people are going to need to iron out before they kind of get their event that they can use at their event when they're talking to donors. So first thing is update your website, you know, simplify the heck out of your website, put a big fat button on your website. That's the most dominant thing you want people to do for most of you guys. That's going to be donate, you know, really any marketing material, right? Flyers, make sure we're leading with provoking the problem, showing the solution, showing the benefit, showing the transformation. So yeah, your flyers, your material. I mean, the other thing to think about is like, there's really two types of messaging, right? Like there's marketing messaging, which is one to many. And then there's your, your donor messaging, which is usually one to one. And so know that there's some differences there. You know, you might need a pitch deck that's more of, of for, your, for your donor development team, right? You might need your donor team or your development team to have a one-liner or like a 15-second uh, statement that they make when they're making a cult call. You're going to need emails, right, for on the marketing side and on, and on the development side. So really, anything in your company that has words, you you need to take this story and implement. There's a great, I love what Kristen's point about just the the cell phone. You know, there's a study with marketing that I've that I've seen where the the best performing marketing is one that feels real, and so don't get caught up in things feeling you know, super polished, you know, especially if you, if you have a cause that, you know, is, is like a little bit of like, get your hands dirty, take the cell phone and turn it around and, and, and show something, show, show reality. People really, really respond to reality. I think even coaching people on what to say, how to introduce a company, the, one, another piece of kind of messaging that I think is really impactful are your guiding principles. We've been talking a lot about external me- messaging. But if you want to like motivate your employees and your volunteers and get them rallied around the cause, they're already with you because they are, but your internal messaging is actually one hidden gem to all of this is to, and I think it's called business made simple, but it's actually called hero on a mission, but you can, and I, Jeff, I think you've been through this too, but, but you yeah, can we, walk through that and, and, and that's, then you're really motivating your team internally. That's a good point. Yep. To, to deliver the external message, yeah. So so Business Made Simple is the business version of that, and we did go through it as a team, and it does exactly what you describe. It starts to align everybody internally around the same aspirations, the same problem, and the same way that you're going to tackle it. So on the external side, you're using StoryBrand to communicate that out to your audience, to your customers, to your donors, whatever. Internally, you gotta, you're right. you got to communicate that internally. Right, and get everybody on the same page about that. So we loved it. Hero on the Mission, I think, is his now personal version of that. That's I'm right. not sure. Yep. But, um, and, it, and I have not read that one yet. I'm sure it's, it's great. But I do, I think you're bringing up a good point that there are, this is kind of a two sided coin. And you have to be internally aligned as well as externally, you know, I would say organized mm-hmm. about what you say. But, yep. And it's, it's good. And look, it's, it's hard. Okay, I'm just going to tell you guys this coming from somebody who read the book and then we sat down internally and we started to kind of craft out what our story brand. I think 
what do they do they, get, they make you do a one liner or a mission statement? What's the thing you do in the workshop? Yeah, you, you come the, out with a sentence at some point, right? Yeah, they come out with it. They do a workshop and it's like a one liner and, and and you know and and then it's called a brand script, but it's sort of color by number. If you guys re- remember that again, we're going back to like, are you at least thirty five and a, and older with color by number? <laughs> but yeah, you essentially all the little questions I asked earlier, like if you go through the workshop, you like fill in the blank, but that's why sometimes people go through that and they're great. But then the re- the reality is that messaging is hard, like Jeff's saying, and you've got to dig really deep. Yep. So I would encourage you to find a, someone like Danny to help you if you're not, you know, sure that you have the confidence to do it. I, I'll just tell you, it. like I said, we went through it and we got on the other side of it and we still didn't like it. And then we brought in Danny and some of his team, and then it just got way better from there. So I do think that don't get don't get freaked out by it. You don't have to be good at this, right? There are people out there that will definitely help you, you know, c- clarify it. And so think about that, you know, and, and then think about they'll also help you say, okay, so we've got all this down, got my messaging down. If you need branding around that, I think that can play a role in that as well. And I think they have to align. You get all that together, I think when you roll into your next event, I think you're going to be blown away, you know, with the type of messaging you can create that is going to impact people. And even if you're an established organization with an established mission and you've yeah. been doing this for years, I think that this is a great exercise to go through Absolutely. regularly to refresh and reinvigorate your mission and your values well, around your mission. Yeah, things change, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm on the board of the foundation, sorry, for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and same thing, right? Things have changed, times have changed. And, you know, you have to always be going back and saying, is, is the message that we're bringing to you know, the community and to our potential donors, does it resonate anymore? Right. Yeah. It's a great point. And I'll, I'll, I'll kind of end on this obviously, but you know, in the, in the for-profit world, you know, I always say like messaging is not a one-time event. Right. And and that's kind of like the nice thing about p- paying for a workshop is that you walk away feeling like I didn't pay a lot of money, but at least I got like my feet wet into messaging. But as, as Jeff knows, and you know, folks that have been through this process, if you really do it right, it's it's very involved because you got to talk to customers, and then obviously in the case of nonprofits, you have to talk to donors, you have to talk to people, to talk to the individuals that you're really trying to help, to not go with what you think they need, to really get clear and ask them what they think I need. And so what I'm describing is customer insight, is just really talking to customers, talking to donors, and that's another thing in, in messaging is that the first phase or the first pass that you come up with. You'll put it out there. Your development team will use it. You're gonna you're gonna need tweaks, but the power in all of this is that you know how the system works. You know that you know how the human brain works. You know that people need to see a problem before they respond. You know that they need to be presented with a plan. You know that they need to see what success looks like. You know that you know you need to show social proof. So the big key with all of this is the clarity and confidence and just getting getting going and being an organization that says we work on our messaging every quarter, but also mm-hmm. just having kind of like, a, like Kristen said, just kind of just breathe deeply and know that you're already ahead if you're working on this, but just also know that you're going to need to make adjustments and you're going to need to make tweaks as you continue to go down the path. Yep. Great. Thanks, Danny. That of was course. awesome. And so, yes, and I'm sure all of you are, excited to get started on your messaging. So 
pull over or order the book on Amazon, and then you guys can get started. But let's go ahead and wrap this one up. This has been an awesome episode talking about messaging and how it can impact not just your nonprofit and, and fundraising in general, but also more specifically your fundraising event. So thank you guys. This will be the end of this episode of the Elevate Your Van podcast, and we'll be back soon enough with some more great advice for you. Have a good day.